And it got me thinking about how many times somebody's come into the store with a car that they've gotten from a pawn shop. Oh, and it, yeah. And it doesn't work. There are there, the guy at the pawn shop was like, here's our uh, new red cat section. We already blew the engines up and stripped the transmissions for you. So <laughs> save you, save you the hassle of doing that. Hey, this is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex, and with me as always, Will Brinton, and uh, we're here for the Hobbyplex Show podcast, and uh, are you ready to talk about the Dirt Nitro Challenge? Yeah, man. I stayed up and watched it. You did? Why didn't you join my, my chat? I didn't get an invite, I guess. I don't know. I didn't know you had one. Okay. What? What? Well, I mean, I put it out there. Oh, I didn't even know you had one. I was going to be doing a, a, a live watch party chat thing. Well, I like um, had it streaming through my phone through our TV. Yeah. And like I just like when it's like that, like I just didn't look down at my phone. Just no. The TV was on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I might not have seen it anyways. Okay. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, it, it was fun. Uh, we were on for f- like four and a half hours. <laughs> Of just oh, me. Really? I, I was tinkering with that TTO TA07 that I got for from from Tim to build, and mm-hmm. uh, and and then at the same time like watching the races and um we watched uh I I came on right when the B main was going on, and then um uh we watched Ashton's race right mm-hmm. before the pro race that was really good. Yeah. So he was really he he finished fifth right. Fifth or fourth, I can't remember now, but it, yeah, top five, I know that for sure. So that's 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 what really, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I always kind of wonder how I do a nitro at one of those races. I don't know. We'll come back to that. Hang on. Um, so as always, this show is brought to you by Pivot Lending Group and PivotLending.com. I actually forgot last week to uh, to mention that at the start of the show and not the end of the show, so I didn't want to skip it this time. But uh, if you get hold of uh, Don Zoller. Or uh, or Aiden Olson's dad, and uh, mention the show and get yourself hooked up with a uh, homeowner refinance. You can get a five hundred dollar lender credit or a point one two five off your rate. He seems pretty happy about making this show happen every week. Yeah, that's good. Every time I talk to him, he's like, "You guys had a really good show," and and all that. So I don't know, it's really good. Mm. So it doesn't. It seems like we'll be able to do this uh, at least for a while longer. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, otherwise we'll have to like start a Patreon page and all that stuff. We should just do that anyway. I know I'm working on it. I don't know. I guess we got the super chat thing. Yeah, the super chat thing's pretty cool. Well, I mean, I don't know, because like we got those things. Like, how are people going to pay for those things? I, I know. Uh, timeline for the last week for me was, um, what did I do Monday? Monday? Last Monday? Last Monday. Mm-hmm was what did I end up doing? I can't remember, but I didn't have time to do anything on Monday. And then Tuesday I had to build the track. So I got there at 10, uh, tore everything apart. And I was, I think I got home at like, like one thirty or something like that in the morning. It was like a 13 hour day. And then Wednesday I had yeah. to work and Thursday I had to work. And then Friday I had to finish setting the track up and then we had practice. So I had to take entries and all that other stuff. And then Saturday of course we raced and then Sunday I actually had to work. 
but because of the snow, we were super slow. So I actually got to leave early. Um, and then, uh, and then today, today has been my first real day off in like three weeks. That's good. Yes. So my wife was at work. Emerson was at school and I had the whole place to myself. And what did I do with it? I slept until like five o'clock. Yeah. Like I woke up a few times to use the bathroom and yeah, use the bathroom. And then at like one time, at one point I opened up the door and let all the kitties in. And they, so the cats and I were just hanging out asleep and then, and then I, and then I fell asleep again and then I woke up again at like five. So yeah, I have, I've done nothing today. I had this like all planned out. I was supposed to take a shirt back to JC Penney's. I was supposed to like <laughs> take some money to, to the bank. I was supposed to, um, mail some stuff out and I had done none of it. Absolutely yeah. none of it. So sounds like me, me on a Saturday. We don't race. Yeah. I pretty much wake up and just don't do anything till about noon. And then I go to like, there's this Mexican restaurant that I really like called El Chaparro. Oh, I go down there, get a, get five tacos, but they're not like huge tacos. You know, and I come back home and eat them. And I like either work on scooter stuff or RC. That's like my, my Saturday ritual. If I have nothing going on, I'm down at El Chaparro. I think tonight I'm going to try to, uh, make some more progress on the, uh, the on-road car. I did want to run the, the rift today too, cause it was nice out, but now it's dark. So maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, it was like 45 degrees. Dude, today. It was so nice outside. I opened up the garage door and I went outside and I almost, I almost stripped down. Like I almost took my it's shirt like, off. I was like, yes. it's like 80, 80 degrees warmer. Yes. Felt so good. Cause it was like negative 35. Yeah. So it's, it's 75 degrees warmer. Yeah. <laughs> it felt, it felt amazing. Mm-hmm. It like, I could instantly feel the happiness start to like build up inside of me again. Yeah. So, you know, spring's coming. Yeah. I'm ready to get some leaded gas and tune this scooter. Yeah. It's like, it's been done for so long and just sitting there cause there's nothing I can do with it yeah. at this point. Exactly. Are you going to get one? You're getting a scooter this I year, aren't you? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I've been saving a little bit, so I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I also want to – we're going to go on this vacation at the end of March, so we'll see how much money we spend there. Mm. Emerson and I – Yeah, vacations. We tend to spend money when, when mom's not around. Well, let's talk about the Dirt Nitro Challenge, then we'll talk about our techno series, and then we'll take some questions. So as always, the rule here, Hobbyplex Show Podcast, is uh, if you have a question, drop it in the chat. We'll get to it at the end. If it's something urgent or that you've uh, been stewing about for a while and you want us to uh, get to it right away, you can drop a super chat. And then that's the only way that we'll interrupt the show for your question. So, um, yeah, we make it really easy on you, dude. Okay. Dirt Nitro challenge. Um, didn't it feel that basically the dirt Nitro challenge was really the last big race last year before all of it went down. It would have been. Yeah. Right. That well, because it's after the Reedy race, and I, I mean, to call it the first like big event of the year, I mean, CRCRC happened, and that's probably the biggest ten scale oh, okay. race of the year besides the Reedy race. Yeah, I, but I guess like as far as a race with an international presence, it would have been the first. Yeah, but they, there was no international people there though. That was the other I, weird I, thing. 
Yeah, I know. I get that. But you know what I'm saying. Like, that's the first one that had had an international presence that had come back. Yes. So I, I don't know. It just, it, it, uh, it just felt almost like a, like a renewal almost of some sort. Like finally we were all able, everybody was able to get back together. Not just, not just, Mm -hmm. um, a handful of pros at the Southern Nats or a handful of pros at the, you know, the, the, uh, manufacturer shootout or something like that. It was, it was everybody who races Nitro RC in America. That's, that's, that travels was basically there. Yeah. You know, and Tessmans are there. Yeah. I guess, well, I guess North America, America. but they're from Canada, Canada. Mm hmm. So I don't know. I just, um, it felt, it felt kind of like, uh, it kind of felt back to normal almost a little bit for me, other than the fact that there were no international drivers there. Yeah. I kind of wonder if the race would have gone any differently. I think Mayfield would have won all three I, classes regardless. Yeah. I, I, I texted Jason like when he won, uh, cause I was, I was drinking beer when, uh, <laughs> when that happened, I was like, Oh my God, it's awesome. You know, the whole thing. Tell him, tell him, good job for me. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about, um, you know, the local crowd. It, so, um, especially Ashton Abdul. Yeah. So, uh, I think, was it Seth Van Dalen and Mason Fuller that were in the pro B main? Yeah. And then, and then they kind of finished top, top 10. I think Mason started pretty low and ended up like fifth or sixth. Yeah, I thought Mason or I thought Seth finished third. He was just outside. Yes. Oh, the Mason bump finished spot. fourth. That's yeah. Right. Okay, okay. So yeah, because this is that would have been cool if they both bumped in. That would have been cool. This this was the race that I kind of I kind of jumped in on on the live stream last night and and it just I was like trying to start it before the race actually started, but they they got it going and um. Seth kind of dropped back really early and then fought his way back. Um, I think he had the fastest car of the race, hot lap-wise. Yeah. Mason started 12th and finished 4th, and and he wasn't that far back. I mean, 16 seconds on that big track is not really that much, you know? Yeah. One or two crashes. Right. Um, It was pretty impressive to see Tyler Jones just drive away in that one. And until the very end, but I mean, even then it didn't, you know, didn't really matter because they had a lap on everybody. Um, Tyler Jones been in the Plex quite a bit. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, he's a really good kid. So it's good to see him. Uh, Aiden Horn was in that one and he moved up a little bit, finished, uh, qualified seventh and finished fifth. So he got a top five too. And, you know, he's a little ways back, but he's not really a nitro racer that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I shouldn't say that he was, he's been a state line the both times I was there and I guess they race everything. Yeah. But I don't, you don't think of them as a, as a nitro racer, I guess. The, I mean, there, so like ty, guys like Tyler Jones, I mean, pretty much all of the races nitro. Yes. That's what I mean. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what I meant. It was impressive for, uh, Mayfield to, to dominate the three pro classes, Truggy Buggy and, and Nitro Buggy, you know, get the wins in all three of them and do the sweep. But I thought, uh, it was more impressive for Spencer Rivkin last night to be middle pack in the B, win the B on like the last lap, and then come back and get third 
out of all yeah. that racing. And uh, mm-hmm. he just drove, he just consistently just drove his way up. Yep. So, just picked him off. Picked him off one by one. I thought that was really good. The the one I was actually impressed with is Tanner Denny. Oh yeah. No, I was going to mention him too. Cause I, last night on the, on the stream, I was looking at, you know, um, Ogden and, 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 and Tanner were, were first and second there for a while. And I'm like, honestly, Cole, you, he's, he's super fast. So he, and that's all he does is race nitro. I don't think he races any 10 scale ever. So that's his, that's his bag anyways. And mm-hmm. I mentioned this in the broadcast last night that, that, uh, I've seen, I've seen him be a lap down, uh, in a, in a, in a semi have to start a lap down and come back and win the semi mm-hmm. by a lot. And then start basically dead last in the, at the Nats in 17 and lead the first, maybe first third of that race before it looked, it kind of looked just, I remember the tires, I think were the thing that kind of fell off and uh, maybe burned them out too fast or whatever. But, uh, so he's got so much skill and, uh, so it wasn't surprising to see him up there. It wasn't necessarily surprising for Dan, for Tanner, but I, I don't think he's ra- he's been racing that much other than at home. No, well, that is his home track, but or isn't it? No, he's, he's it from was. Arizona. Oh, okay. No, never mind. I mean, there but, was, it's uh, it's within three hours, so. Yeah. No, I I get that. I actually kept forgetting it wasn't in Arizona. Yeah. The Nitro Challenge wasn't yeah, in Arizona. We're so used to it being but, in Arizona. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, I know. Like off the couch, that was the that was the uh, pun. Yeah, that was the spin on it. Like he showed up and drove. Uh, so Ashton Abdul, um, intermediate buggy, a main. He finished fifth. He did finish fifth. He was in the hunt. Um, there was a just a melee at the start of this race. Yeah, and I, could- I was I was actually like fringing like. Well, I felt bad. I like watching uh, Nick Watlett's car because mm-hmm. he TQ'd, and I think he finished like last or second to last. Yes, intermediate, and it was less like a lot of those cars that weren't pillow ball cars just totally became so unpredictable to drive, like the Losi and all all those cars. It's just like like the the C hub style is so much better on a like a tight smooth indoor track, but then it's like the pillow ball is so much better on a blown out track. Yeah, and I think that's where like X ray cars would have a big advantage because they have both. Yeah, but um, I don't think it's a coincidence the, that it was Mugen 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 Mugen. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of Mugen. Yeah, know, and associated, and, but yeah, and associated, and I mean, you know, pretty much all the all the C hub cars like started out front and just went straight to the back. And then all the pillow ball cars that were maybe a little slower and qualifying mm-hmm. just went straight forward. Cause their cars were so much easier to drive through the bumps and stuff. Yeah. But I think that makes a pretty big difference. Yeah. Just watching them. That being said, I'm pretty sure Contreras jr. Runs a low C. Oh really? Yeah. He, he won, he won, he won independent. All, all three independent classes. He did it. Yeah. He did a Mayfield on the independent level. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's kind of maybe they had something figured out. Yeah. To make it work better. I just uh, I kept seeing the blue car 
catch up. And I could see him at the start of the race of the buggy one. I didn't, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to watch any of the truggy races because we were running the techno series at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I, but in this race, I saw Ashton just kind of lingering back there in sixth spot at the start of this one after he got away from everybody. And I, I did notice, I think he was trying to be too nice. Yeah. Cause he was getting ran over at the start of that. And I could see him checking up and trying not to hit people and everybody else around him was not doing that. Yeah. No, those nitro races are pretty cutthroat. Yeah. You just, just like, just punch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's like you, you almost have to just force an accident. Like you have to be like right on him and try not to hit him and then find a clean spot. Yeah. Like, cause you don't want to be the guy that just drove through everybody. Cause I think they were calling rough driving. Yeah. Somebody got to stop and go. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good idea. The, you know, and Mayfield ran into somebody, he stopped and let him go, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just a uh, good uh, practice. Yeah. I can't remember if that was in buggy or truck. I can't remember. But either. maybe maybe it was like his car got kind of weird and he went over like, like kind of like went over and cut part of the track, but it was like an accident. Yeah. You know, but he like stopped and waited and even gave like an extra position back. Yeah, I did see and, a, I did see a wait. I can't remember who it was, but I do remember seeing a wait. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think, too. I think that's what it was, and you know, that's always the right thing to do. I mean, it, you know, you have to. I mean, like a track like that. I mean, nobody was cutting it intentionally. You know, I mean, it's just like because that hip jump was so unpredictable. It didn't. It looked like you're, you weren't sure what your car was gonna do when it went over it, but. I don't know. It's easy to say in here. I mean, we weren't there and we were driving on it, but, but yeah, right thing to wait. Ashton finished second in electric, uh, intermediate buggy too. Yeah. And that was great. That's mm-hmm. good, and he got, yeah, I think he got an interview too, which was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got a couple. Good. Yeah. So it's good to see him kind of, kind of making an impact, uh, when you go that far to race, Mm-hmm. you know, Oh, 40 plus, <laughs> 40 plus, yeah. uh, um, uh, with, uh, Adam Drake just kind of doing his thing. Yeah. He didn't he win by like two laps. Yeah. He won by a lot. Yeah. Can you That's believe, awesome. can you believe some of the comments? Uh, actually no. Like it was a little ridiculous. Like, did you see mine? Like, I, I was yeah. like, what do you want? Like a 40 plus pro you class? Want another class to sp- separate the, 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 the 12, 40 plus guys now. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's 40 plus. It doesn't have anything to do with like who, how they're getting their products. Here's the thing. If you're over 40 and you're still that fast, you, you deserve everything you can milk from it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm 43. And you can be, you can bet that if there's a forty plus class, I'll be in it regardless. Yeah, I I said it. If I if I race forty plus, I'm racing everything forty plus. I have, I have earned know? that. I have I have been in this hobby for f- forty three, so it'll be fourth grade. How old are you when you're in fourth grade? Eight. Yeah, something it's like, like that. It's like what thirty four years. I've been in this hobby for thirty four years, so you'll be damn straight that. That if you reach forty, and, and then you're more than allowed to race forty plus. Damn it! Yeah, 
no matter what, just, no matter how fast you I are. I just couldn't, I feel like people that complain about that sort of thing are just like, it's like if you, if he was like working on his stuff <laughs> with all that energy, you know, it's like you'd probably just be better or yeah. those people would be better. But it's a little, it just doesn't sound, you just sound like a big whiner. Yeah. Like it's just a crying or crybaby like whiner. Yeah. Is what you sound like. Yeah. And I hope that person's listening because you're a whiner and you're a crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> we should do we should do just a straight forty plus race at the Plex sometime. Get off my lawn nationals. Get I talked about nationals. it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I it'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, they get more track time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He's over forty, he deserves it. Damn it. Mm-hmm. He needs it. He needs it. Exactly. <laughs> and then um, uh, one last thing before we wrap up the Dirt Nitro Challenge, because there's going to be other podcasts talking about more in-depth stuff than us, too. But uh, not that we want you to just listen to other podcasts, but still. Hey, don't touch that dial. The crossover. Yeah, what about it? So I went there and I went to the Dirt Nitro Challenge 2011. They had the same type of crossover and somebody got beamed right in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've used it before since then, but once again, I think we had people on Truggy and Buggy Day get beamed with it. Yeah. Right in the face. Mm-hmm. Crossover's fault? Marshall's fault. Whose fault is it? I think it's just one of those things that happens. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Pro- probably like, I don't know. I mean, if I if I was there marshalling, I would take I would take the that spot just because I'm short. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe I don't think it's the, the. I mean, if you can't say it was the track, but I've seen people get hit with buggies that on any layout. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, didn't didn't uh, yeah. somebody Zach got- Edin- Edinburgh get beamed? Uh, yeah, just right, right in the noodle, with, right in the with noodle the, on a on a on a big jump that was like a a, uh, a it wasn't a kicker, kind of was a kicker, but it was like a spline type thing, and they were they were it was it would make the truck go really tall, and the problem was that specific jump got severely blown out, and so it was throwing stuff, throwing well, cars every so- which way but straight if you hit it wrong, and and he was marshalling there, and you know, I mean, I was there announcing that race, and and. The problem was, was it was the start of a main and there was so many trucks coming and the truck kind of went, it, the, the, the vehicle that hit him went the wrong way. I mean, it, it jumped off the track unexpectedly mm-hmm. right into his noggin. So yeah, probably the only solution there really is, is to have a helmet for that, that spot. Yeah. But Dude, or somebody, have a guy that wears a helmet just to some, cover that spot. Somebody got hit this weekend at the techno series race by a mini yeah, truck. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to happen with any layout and any circumstances. So I feel like it kind of lands on the marshal, like to pay attention. Yeah. You know, cause it, it's just one of like, it, you know, it's a crossover. You want to stick your head right in front of it. Yeah. And it, I know it was an accident. I mean, nobody oh, wants to nobody, do that on purpose. Know. And yeah. like, I'm not trying to say, Oh, it's his fault, but it's like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you need to uh, be aware of your surroundings a little better just so you don't get hurt. Because, I mean, you know, if I if I was there, you know, it's like I, I don't I would never want that to happen to anybody, you know, especially one of my friends. And it's like, um, 
you, you, I think it falls on kind of the Marshall because I mean, it, at the end of the day, if you start taking stuff like that out, um, are we just going to race on a 1980s off-road track with no bumps or elevation changes? Right. I mean, that would be boring. Yeah. So we'd just have Sarcastaball out there on the <laughs> on the uh, nitro track, and nobody wants that. So it's either like be aware of your surroundings, don't stick your head right in front of the crossover, or pay a guy to marshal the dangerous spot with a helmet on. Yeah. I you know? I think... Uh, every every track layout that I do, especially when it's winter time and I'm thinking about the eight scale stuff, it does it does cross my mind. Okay, is this going to be dangerous if I put this here? Mm-hmm. You know, and so like uh, the changes I made for that that eight pack, I turned it into a six pack. I tried mm-hmm. to keep the jumps low. Yeah, right. And somebody still got bean in the head. Yeah, and I tried well, I tried to make the jump kind of easy, and it turned mm-hmm. out to be really really hard so yeah uh, i don't sometimes you're just like well shoot Mm -hmm. okay yeah you know sorry i don't think it's anybody's fault it's just one of those things that happened you know yeah but it we had a crossover we probably had more of a dangerous crossover than that one because we were, I don't think so i well i put a lot of thought into the crossover before we put that in there Okay, but what I'm saying is, is we had a crossover, and we were aware of it. Like we were telling people to be careful. Yes, you know. And I just think that stuff like that happens so fast, and it's like, oh, my buddy's buggy is flipped over, and you're running in there to try to get it, and then you stick your head up and wham. You yeah. know, all that stuff happens so fast. Yeah, the the crossover that we did, um. That's the only way I would ever do a crossover again is the same way is that it, mm-hmm. it was a fairly low crossover because you were jumping over lane into a pit basically. So you didn't, yeah. need, you didn't need a kicker to, to make the cars get any air. So there was no risk of, of having it eye level. If somebody yeah. did run in front of cars, they were going to get hit right in the stomach, mm-hmm. you know, or lower. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, that was the only way I was ever going to do that. And then I made it, I made something underneath of it that was really easy. It was just straight. There was nothing to cause a car to hopefully to crash in that specific spot to get, to get a marshal to get in front of the crossover. Mm-hmm. And I think we got away with, with, um, with it. I don't think there was ever, ever really a crash there. If I remember right, it was crashes no, on top, but not, not the bottom. Yeah, not that I can think of. Nobody landed into that lane. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, but I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I ones, don't think the, it. The ones that make me cringe are the crossovers that have a, a kicker, yeah, a big kicker thing where they're trying to make you jump air. You know, air it out over the crossover, and then they have something that that's underneath of the crossover, whether it's a bridge, and it's hard to marshal because that's that's your thing. Lincoln had a crossover once that was made out of a wood tabletop bridge thing. Mm-hmm. And the way that they had it, there was a slight blind spot before it. Yeah. Right. And so you couldn't see it. And then they had this, um, they had put like this bump right before that. And so if mm-hmm. you hit the bump wrong, you would crash and you'd end up underneath a bridge. Yeah. And no, and the bridge was only like belly high. And so nobody wanted to cr- climb under there and get a car because nobody was slowing down in that section when somebody was crashed mm-hmm. and you were basically blind the whole way. So it was, oh, I remember dude, it. it was super sketchy and that's the wrong way to do a crossover. 
And then, oh, it was the completely wrong way. Yeah. Like, I know who probably designed that track. And let me tell you, sir, it was the wrong way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know who I'm talking about. I'm sure he's listening. Uh, It would have been cool, but it's just, it was, it was tough to see. And then if you crash there, it was, it was almost deadly because nobody was ever, nobody would ever slow down. Yeah. See, the thing that I thought was really funny about that was that that person, uh, would always complain about layouts that you made and like that there's really dangerous marshalling spots. And then he makes a layout like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it usually goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think they race anymore though. No, not around here, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, all right. So that wraps up our dirt nitro challenge talk. I just, I, I was, I'm, I feel really proud of Ashton Abdul. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and the Fullers too, can't leave mm-hmm. them out. And, uh, um, and Seth Van Dalen, you know, did good. And, and, uh, Jared Wiggins did really good. He made, mm-hmm. he made the buggy main. Yeah. Put her straight in. Yep. So, you know, guys that we see often, um, are making their mark out there. And I almost feel like I, I there's another almost, I have this like small sense of pride to that. Um, uh, Omaha is kind of starting to make its mark a little bit. A lot of our drivers are starting to. I think so. Starting to get in there now. Uh, hold on, Jack H. Uh, just put in 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 caps. Who are you guys? I'm Will. Well, that's Will Britton. He's a team associated driver that races at the Hoppyplex in Omaha, and mm-hmm. I'm Alex Sturgeon. I'm the uh, race director for the Hobbyplex in Omaha, Nebraska and, uh, um, techno driver and, uh, um, otherwise J concepts driver, both of us. And, yeah. uh, we've been doing this a long time and, yep. uh, we like to talk about it, mm-hmm. especially ourselves, especially me. I like to talk about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I hope, uh, I hope that, uh, answers your question. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. The winner is, Let's move on to the techno series. Um, first question: Did you did did you keep up with the techno series at all? Or were you busy? I was busy. Okay, all right. So that was uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it was on Saturday. Yeah, I was doing nothing. <sighs> one hundred, <laughs> one hundred ninety-two entries. And this was the one I was like, ah, it'll be an easy day because the Dirt Nitro Challenge is going on, and and mm-hmm. like Graham Hill and the Colorado guys, uh, John Cleese, you know, a bunch of them weren't here. Um, uh, you know, all the, we've had Tebow. I think he's going to come in March. So we've had Jared and Mason and and Seth and Jared Wiggins and all those guys. So they're they were all gone. So I was like, all right, this this round's going to be awesome. It's going to be we're going to be done early. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Still, Did, uh, uh, is Tebow if Tebow makes the March round, is he going to qualify for points? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, actually, we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, because I <laughs> I ran the points. So ran the numbers. I ran the numbers. So 192 entries. We had 101 drivers. The place was packed as usual. It was a uh, busy day. Um, the track changes seemed to be nice. Um, I I be, I was talking to people and telling people about our track and how now that we're using the now that we're using the oval again, the track almost feels complete again. It almost felt more complete than what we had at the J Concepts INS race a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you know? that's cool. So it was nice. 
I'm just going to get right into it with uh, with results. So, well, this is our first our first A main was mini truggy. So I had to kind of juxtapose a couple races to keep the marshaling going from back to back. And so uh, mini truggy was first, and um, dude, we had 28 mini truggies again. Really, that's dude, pretty cool. Isn't that great. Yeah. So come on, team associated, team Losi, let's go. Let's let's get in gear and produce a mini truggy. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That would be sweet. That way, Will can race. Yeah, yeah. Um, I took. Do you a, really want me to get a mini truggy? No, I want to. I want to keep one in the class. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. But still, the the point is that that we need more more companies to make them. Yeah, because <laughs> Techno's got it down, man. Their their truck works really well. Um. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm getting this out of the way. So I got a TQ and a win. Um, but it wasn't without a pretty good race with Zach Van Dalen. Um, yeah. Zach got around me early and then just like the track monsters kind of came up and bit him a little bit. And then the last minute and a half, he was catching me hard, especially in the, the, um, that, that really sweet, uh, triple level elevation change right before the straightaway. I mean, he was reeling me in like a second a lap there at the end. So, but, um, he crashed and that was about. That was about that. So, um, so Zach got second. Um, Sean Van Dalen um, got a podium right behind his kiddo. That's cool. And uh, um, and then James Ham, uh, kind of a rough day in qualifying, had to make the bump, um, but ended up finishing fourth. Uh, Ashley McCormick was fifth. Dan Gangler was sixth. He was struggling because he had a, a death in the family. So, um, our condolences go out to that guy. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. I feel really bad for him. He 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 was trying to decide if he was even going to be there or not. Um, Bryson Pavel uh, finished seventh. He had a good qualifying day, but finished seventh. Uh, Connor Herrick, Philip Hoke, and then Matt Robinson was tenth. So, um, that locks up the the deal for me. I don't have to run Truggy in the last one, so I'm going to run E Buggy. Oh, that's cool. So that's fun. Super chat. We just got a super chat. Um, Dan J, um, $4.99 of, uh, of internet money. Um, how do you know when to adjust your pills and what changes it'll make? Or is this just something you learn over time? Is there an adjustment sheet? Um, there's a a sheet on the associate website showing you all the locations and what each location does. Um, like as far as toe and anti-squat. Um, and I think that the manual might break that down because I know like the more anti-squat you add, the more side bite you're going to have. So usually you'd want to do that on a track that's maybe a lot more flowing or like higher speed turning on power sections just to try to keep the car supported. You'd probably want to run more anti-squat than, than, uh, one degree because center center pills, it's three degrees of toe and one degree anti-squat. Um, and that kind of helps lock the rear of the car in a little bit too. Um, you know, I, I'd run, I don't know. I don't even know what anti-squat and toe I'm running. Well, I'm running three degrees of toe, but I'm not sure how much anti-squat I'm running. I think it might be two, two to two and a half degrees anti-squat right now. And I think uh, for me anyways, like the lower you run the, the pills, the more grip that it builds in the car and, the higher you run them, the looser the car will feel. At least that's my my preference. Alex thinks it does the opposite, but 
Yeah, I run I run one up um most of the time on my stuff. And when it's not it's not when it's not one up, I get all I get all pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it's kind of something that you gotta play with. It's tough to play with pills because it does take a little bit of time. But basically well for me, like um I feel like if I need more more traction, if I need my car to have more grip, then I lower the roll center. So I raise the 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 hinge pin level. And then mm-hmm. if like you're on carpet and you don't need that much grip, you want to loosen your car up, then you you lower the hinge pins to get it at a high roll center. Right? Looks good on paper. Yeah. I, I think running them lower makes it have more grip. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Well, you and I drive very different though. Yeah, I I uh like my like people are like Jeremy Jeremy's texting me right now. Like Jeremy will, he says he watches my car and it looks like my car should be like a second a lot faster than it is cuz of how hard I'm driving. Yeah. Like <laughs> my, my car's just like yeah 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 like all like everywhere and then like like you're like like a lot smoother than I am, I think. I, I don't know. I think I am pretty smooth. I just charge everything right. pretty hard. You, you, you. Whenever I see you try to drive my car, you're trying to hammer it all the time. You're trying to get the car to just drive straight, drive straight hard, mm-hmm. and that's and it doesn't work for you because my my setups don't respond to that input. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm a pretty point and shoot driver, and and I'm I've over the years I've become more and more of a roll into the corner roll out of the corner, try to keep, you know, I don't know. I just, maybe slower. I mean, that could be a term. That's probably why I've gotten slower, but I definitely don't drive hard like that. Yeah. I just can't not do that. Like, anytime I I try to drive slower, I just can't. Like, Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, hopefully that answers Dan's question. If not, we'll see him at the track. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to results. Uh, let's see. So, so the Sportsman A Main. Um, this one was pretty crazy because you had uh, Matt Kessel, your TQ, um, got a pretty good start. Um, I was actually marshalling this race um, up at the corner, and actually I was the flagman for this one. That's, I think that's the first time I've been the flagman ever. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I'm always in the booth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Lucas Baker. Had a horrible day in qualifying. Um, I think he got a brand new car because I'm pretty sure he was running a Losi last time. He's running a Techno this time. Um, of course, Sportsman, you can't have any sponsors, just regular Joes. Um, he had to bump from the B, so he qualified ninth and then uh, just progressed his way up and had a pretty good, pretty darn good um, battle with, uh, uh, with Matt Kessel. And uh, I think this is Matt's first time here, so... Um, um, it was pretty awesome to see him up front. Uh, Philip Hoke, who's, who's, uh, in the points with Luke, um, finished third. He kind of, he kind of qualified mid, mid pack. Um, Josh Shout was fourth. John Davies qualified third, finished fifth. Uh, Eric Wunchel, um, barely made the main, finished sixth. Jake Wilkening qualified second. I think he had a flame out, if I'm not mistaken, because he had an all white car that I'm pretty sure I was tossing up to the pits. Otherwise, I think he was. I think at one point he was leading this race by quite a bit. Parker Clemmy was uh, was there. Um, I, I he had just caught up to Matt Kessel 
for to battle for the win, and then he cut in a little early on the straightaway, and his car turned around the wrong way, and two cars coming down the straightaway smacked into him and broke his car. Mm. And it was right in front of me, and uh, I felt bad because he was having a really good run. Um, Caden Clemmy, the other Clemmy son <laughs> of Ryan, uh, finished ninth, and then Tyler Studer, uh, who had a rough day in qualifying too, and ended up uh, borrowing a car to start the main, finished tenth. So, uh, Luke Baker basically, um, uh, who's the dude? I can't remember his name. Uh, the 250 rider that was in the LCQ like three weeks ago and then came back to win or get second and pretty much salvaged his point season in the 250 class. It's it was the other brother. There's Justin and then there's um, oh gosh darn it, I forgot his name. Well, anyways, I don't know. That's kind of what that's kind of like what this was. Was Lucas was going to have a horrible points day. And it was going to really tighten up the points. And then, bam, he wins the main. Wow, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, and then expert. So, with the kind of the usual suspects at the Dirt Nitro Challenge, uh, this one really was wide open, dude. Mm -hmm. Right? So, I'm thinking about all the people that aren't here. So, you had uh, Seth Van Dalen gone. Um, You had, uh, of course, the two Jareds weren't there. the Fullers weren't there. Tom Rinnernecht wasn't there. He's racing electric out in California. Um, Graham Hill wasn't there. So that's like a majority of the normal A main. So you had all these guys that, that on their own right, they've all made the A main at some point this year, but they were all kind of the, you know, the mid pack or lower guys on a, on a normal basis when the pros are here. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that leaves, uh, Chris Morant who, uh, did not go to the dirt Nigel challenge. And, uh, he pretty much, he pretty much walked away in this one. So he took his hot bodies and just drove it out front and kind of stayed there. Nobody really got that close to him. That's cool. Bradley Peterson from the bump from ninth place came up to get second. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Greg Bommel, uh, got third. James Ham had a good run in fourth. Jake Stoltzing was fifth. Robert Rinaldi was sixth. Uh, Aiden Olson was TQ, but for some reason his engine just did not want to run. So he didn't even really get it. He, he, he started like three minutes late. Um, Zach Van Dalen, he had a rough go of it. Um, he was up there running uh, as well. Finished eighth. Jeremy Whiting was ninth and Mitchell Pavel, um, also did not start, which I thought was kind of funny that, that once again, Aiden Olson and Mitchell were basically ninth and 10th there for the first 20 minutes. Oh, really? From both of them, from Dean did not start. Because <laughs> they're always, I mean, generally speaking, a lot of times, not so much anymore. Aiden Olson's been been getting faster than Mitchell, I think. But for a while there, they'd basically qualify and race with each other the whole time since like 2014 yeah. or 15. You know, this is kind of funny. To me, I don't know why that's funny. Uh, I will say that this finish did not impact the points in any way whatsoever. Other than other than help a few guys kind of solidify a top ten, yeah. So we'll we'll look at that here in a minute. Um, Pro four had uh, Ashton McCormick taking a TQ and a win. Um, Sean Van Dalen was third. Eric Fletcher decided to run short course, and uh, his truck kind of looked like it looked like it was sponsored by Joker or the Joker. Depends on which movie you watch, but his purple and yellow. It doesn't look like that on the buggies, but on the short course truck, like. It does. 
Kind of look like a Joker, Mo- Joker mobile. Heath Ledger Joker. No, or... probably the Jack Nicholas Joker. Oh, Jack Nicholson. Or Jack, yeah, Jack Nicholson Joker. Yeah, yeah. Um, Easton McCormick was fourth. Tyler Fleming was fifth. Rob Turner uh, was sixth. Rob actually raced. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, no deer meat this time though. Kind of bummed me out. Um. Uh, Nick Schultz was seventh. Tyler Studer was eighth. Tell Mitchell uh, was ninth. And Kyle Quast was tenth. I think Kyle broke out, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was, uh, was kind of up there a little bit. Uh, then you had Truggy. And uh, kind of the same deal. Well, not really. In Truggy, you don't really get... Uh, the pros don't really run Truggy that often at the Techno Series. Jared Wiggins will do it every once in a while, but that's about it. Um, yeah. So all the guys that were in the points battling for points were here. So this one still mattered uh, a whole lot. Um, not that the other one didn't matter, but you know what I mean. Like, like it didn't really change yeah. anything. This one, this one could. Um, Greg Balmo with a TQ and a win. Jeremy Whiting was second. Zach Van Dalen was third. Now I did get a video of this one thanks to Riley Filbert. He videoed most of this race, and he did get the pivotal moment of this race was. Um, uh, the last pit stop, basically, um, uh, Greg and Zach Van Dalen came in on the same at the same time with Greg leading, and then Zach got the faster pit stop by you know a second or so because of uh, Papa Van Dalen. Sean is just super fast on the fuel stick. Oh yeah, he's a stud. Yeah, so he got a, <laughs> he got the really good pit stop and was going, and then. Um, I think it was Ben Watson that was pitting for Greg, filled him up, and then put him down basically on top of Zach's car. Uh. And so then there was kind of like a, not so much of a, after watching the video, I thought it was a pilot, but after watching the video, um, basically Zach's car flamed out at that, at that precise moment. And oh. Greg was able to drive off. And uh, they, they got Zach started, but it, it, was, it ended up being a 52-second lap. So he didn't, he didn't go a whole lot. He didn't go a lap down, but it was pretty close to it. And, uh, um, otherwise it might've been a different outcome. Greg was driving really, really well. So, um, he still probably could have won it, but Zach, Zach was right there on him. I mean, they were having a really good race. Is it just like bad form to keep your starter box on pit lane? Uh, cause like whenever I like had somebody pit for me, or I pit for somebody else. I have their starter box there, a, a new glow plug and a glow plug wrench right there, and then the glow plug igniter right there, and their fuel. And like, is that like a rule? I think in a roar race, you can't have anything on pit lane like that. They have a hot pit. Oh, really? Yeah. So they have your your hot pit and then your work pit, and so you have to keep your stuff on the work pit, and then in the hot pit, you only have your fuel bottle. You know, that's why a lot of mm-hmm. those pits pit. Pit lanes have those little cups for your fuel bottle. Oh, okay. So, but I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Like, I, I've never, I've never run a Roar Nitro event before. But at, I did a regionals, but at, uh, our, at our track, I know. Yeah, it, it's not that big of a deal. I used to have one of those aprons that I kept all that stuff in too. Yeah, not oh, a yeah. starter box, but it, it's almost like better sometimes in our pit lane too to have a to to bring the truck up and put it on the the starter box, I guess, because it does raise the the vehicle up even further. And, so and that was always my yeah. That was always my thing too. Like it was just there. You, know, you can use it as a stand. Or, yeah. But and then like if it flames out, like boom, I can start it. Yeah. But, 
That's what I've always done. Um, it, so these three, Greg, Jeremy, and Zach, have basically been in a a, a a truggy points race now for almost two seasons full. A full two really? seasons. Last year it was down to these three. This year it's also down to these three. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been pretty cool between them. Um, then it was uh, Chris Morant uh, getting fourth. I read his race report. He said he just didn't have tires, and so he put he thought he'd put the good set of tires in the front and the bad set of tires in the back, and it said it made his truck like stupid to drive. And, no, really. Um, I, I could kind of see that uh, on the track a little bit. It looked really edgy. Uh, Braden Billington uh, had a good run in fifth. Uh, Patrick Mitrovic was sixth. Joy Fitzsimmons was seventh. Justin Huglin was eighth. Robert Rinaldi was ninth. And Don Drews um, un- was unable to start. He broke his truck. Bummer. Super chat. Uh, we got a super chat. Real quick from Lynn Nelson. Uh, I believe he's from North Dakota. Uh, came down this weekend. Said, uh, thanks nice. for all you do. Thanks for a fun wa- race weekend. Ben had a great time at this first Techno Series and Pro 4 and eBuggy. Nice. Thanks for coming. And that was Ben... Um, ben Beal? I enjoy it when new people come and they actually have a good time. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Good experiences. Worth the drive. Yeah, hopefully. The track was pretty dialed too, dude. Like, really good. Um, okay, Sportsman E-Buggy. So, uh, Jackson Anderson really crushed everybody this weekend in this class. Yeah, he's got something to prove. He's on a mission. He, uh, uh, he TQ, he, his TQ time would have TQ'd expert. Yeah, the, he sent me a picture of it. And he just had a really good first qualifier. Like, nobody got in his way. He had no no wrecks, no nothing. Just it was just a, a solid run. He couldn't get the same. He could not duplicate it in an expert because he raced both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and here's the deal: there was a little bit of I had I had I had one person grumble to me about him racing in sportsman, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the deal: the rule is, if you're not sponsored, you can race sportsman. If that's what you yeah. want to race, you're more than welcome to race sportsman. Okay. That's like the only rule. If you want to race expert too, I am okay with that. Somebody, some of these people only have one car like Jackson. He's only got one e-buggy. So mm-hmm. if he wants to race a second class, I'm totally cool with that. Um, if he would, if he had any sponsors at all, he'd be an expert and he wouldn't be in sportsman, but he is in the points in sportsman too. So sometimes you see this in plex spec too. We're like, let's say, let's say in May, some kid, Starts racing, you know, he wants to race Plex, he wants to win Plex spec, right? And he's doing, mm-hmm. you know, 10 lap runs or whatever in May. And then by September, he's doing 12 and 13 lap runs in five minutes. Well, at that point, what am I supposed to do? Kick him out? He's been in the points the whole time. Yeah. That's not fair to him that he mm-hmm. got just, just because he's gotten better over the season, you know? Right. Now in club racing, I would be like, "All right, dude, let's let's race some independent or let's race race an expert buggy or something." But yeah. if you're in the points and you're following the rules, it's fine, fine, it's fine with me. Maybe next year he won't run sportsman. You and know? if he doesn't have a sponsor by then, like he could still run sportsman. Yeah, exactly. So, you know? um, uh, the person that I told, uh, or the person that was bothering me about it, not bothering me, but the the person that brought it up. I basically told him, I said, look, dude, he's not sponsored. I'm like, get over it and drive better. Yeah. And then I walked away. Mm-hmm. Because that's the truth. 
This has to be our most controversial show ever. Isn't it? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> controversy. Mm-hmm. If that's the only controversy we have anymore at the Hobbyplex, I'm totally okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Because, you know, back in the day, when, like, mm-hmm. you know, people would, like, threaten to fight each other and stuff and throw cars everywhere, and we have it so much nicer now. Yeah. The other thing to remember is Jackson's running a used buggy with, like, electronics that are big, borrowed, and stole. And- tires. <laughs> Yeah, dude, he had <laughs> he had three he had he had three yellow wheels and one white wheel. <laughs> yeah, he's if that co- isn't that's totally he, what's the word? Bucky Gomer? I don't know. Maybe Gomer. It, it's to, yeah, it, it's totally like hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hillbilly. It's totally hillbilly, man. Like he he should be running sportsman. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just don't think that things like that are fair. Yeah, to not to keep talking about it. But uh, Troy Jackson um, fin- qualified sixth, finished second. He had a good finish. Uh, Connor Herrick qualified second, finished third. The the Herrick brothers did really well this this weekend again. Philip Hoke, who's part of that points battle, um, finished fourth. Bryson Pavel was uh, fifth. Parker Clemmy was sixth. Tyler Fleming was seventh. Uh, Mark Gerard, it's his first time. I think he came up from St. Louis, uh, finished eighth. Uh, Wade Boyd nice. finished ninth. And Dane Gangler um, finished tenth. He pulled off a little early. I think his car broke, if I'm not mistaken. Duh. Yeah. And then we had uh, Expert. Last, uh, last one, and then we'll talk about points, and then we'll, we'll move on a little bit here. Um, so Mason Herrick, I think, was the only other one to get a 13-lap run to, uh, on the day. Um, mm-hmm. And he and he TQ'd and won, um, only by nine seconds though. As Mitchell Pavel had a pretty good race going, um, qualified finish, fifth, ended up finishing second. Yeah, Jackson Anderson finished qualified tenth. He had to make the bump, didn't even win the B, and he ends up finishing third. Nice. And I thought he was going to catch Mitchell uh, and give him a run for his money, but I think he crashed a couple times there at the end. Uh, John Kinzer was fourth. Easton McCormick was fifth. Eric Fletcher was sixth. Drew Dawkins was seventh. Jake Alherk was ninth. Ben Watson was, ten, uh, I'm sorry, Jake Alherk was eighth. Ben Watson was ninth. And Kyle Quast again broke out of his main. Kind of, kind of lame finish, but uh, still made the main and mm-hmm. uh, ten and finished tenth. Um, and I pretty much once again in this one because a large cast of characters weren't here. Basically, this meant almost nothing in the points. Yeah. Other than kind of a few guys kind of solidifying a top 10. So I really want to build an e-buggy next year. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to racing next, next month. Mm-hmm. I need to get my body to Kenny though. Yeah. Otherwise I'm not going to want to race cause then I won't have a cool body. Mm-hmm. I have a cool body. Yeah. With uh expert electric buggy. Um, Jackson Anderson will right now be shown in 10th spot. Uh, Roman Gastelum wasn't here, um, still in 9th. Easton McCormick, 8th. Eric Fletcher was 7th. Conrad Beise is 6th. And then you've got Graham Hill, who wasn't here, uh, still in 5th. Mitchell Pavel um, with, gets a 4th with that 99. He does move up. Um, 
Actually, he didn't move up. He was he was in fourth anyway. So uh, then you had Mason Fuller, Ashton Abdul, and Jared Tebow still um, um, still in first, second, and third. So Tebow has three points over Ashton Abdul, and Ashton has one point over Mason Fuller. And I, honestly, because of that, I unless just a there's a huge meltdown for Jared. I don't see how he could not win this class. Yeah, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. all, he, all he has to do is finish third. So, um, let's see. What else do we got? Mini Truggy. Um, I, I pretty much have sealed the deal. So, um, I have, I'm locked in at 402 points. Zach Van Dalen has, uh, three points over James Ham for second and third. Um, Sean Van Dalen right now showing fourth. He's last year's champ, which, uh, I'll, I should have his poster ready to go. Um, those guys, um, I sent them his picture way back in January and I just now got the proof for his poster. Oh, really? So yeah, I kind of, I felt kind of stupid that I, I, I was like all happy that I had posters for everybody when I got them. And then, and then, um, I forgot two of them. I forgot sportsman, uh, sportsman e-buggy and mini truggy from last year. That's a bummer. So I will get him his poster. It it will be up by the time these guys are all here because I it should be sent yet tomorrow. Um, Ashley McCormick is fifth. Bryson Powell's only one point behind him, and then Dane Gangler, Kyle Quash, Drew Dawkin, and Jake Kalaherko rounds up tenth. Uh, Nick Poppenfuss is only one point out of tenth. So that battle for the final final tenth spot should be pretty fun. Um, Pro Four, uh, Ashley McCormick. Pretty much has this locked up. Easton McCormick is second. He's got three points over Kyle Quast. Then Nick Schultz, Tyler Fleming, Nick Poppenfuss, Steve Wall, Jen Schroef, Lynn Nilsson, and who's 10th right now? Sean Van Dalen right now, shown in 10th. Sportsman E-Buggy, uh, Jackson Anderson right now has the lead. He's got a 91 for a throwout. Philip Hoke has a, has a no-show for a throwout. So he's got three points over Philip Hoke. So it's not over um, at all. So Jackson has to make sure he does. Um, it looks like all he needs really is a top three for the next one. Troy Jackson and Bryson Pavel are tied for third and fourth. Parker Clemmy, fifth. Derek Myrtle, sixth. Dane Gangler, seventh. Josh Shout, eighth. Tyler Fleming, ninth. And Nick Poppenfuss right now in tenth. He's got a pretty good lead over Brian Kiever in 11th. So there are... 48 right now still eligible for a kit in Sportsman Electric Buggy. Nice. That's crazy. Truggy, you've got uh, Greg Bommel, who right now has the lead. Um, Jeremy Whiting is three points behind him, but with a throwout, Jeremy Whiting would actually be ahead. So this one's not done yet. And Zach Van Dalen is in the same situation. Um, he's got uh, He's tied with Jeremy but his throwout is a no-show in round one. So right hmm. now, Jeremy's got the two-spot. That's cool. Braden Billington, fourth. Robert Rinaldi, fifth. Patrick Mitrovic, sixth. Chris Stapes, seventh. Wade Boyd, eighth. Daryl Wallen, ninth. And Scott Schroff is tenth. And, wow, Scott and Brad Horsch. Brad Horsch is in 11th. They are tied for that 10th spot. So, um, again, the battle, the race for the top 10 will be interesting. Yeah. Expert Nitro Buggy. So this one's crazy. Um, Mason, Jared, Ashton, Graham, 
all were not here. And so now their throw out is a zero. Mason's got 300 points in first. Jared Tebow has 299 points in second. So uh, this one could come down to a crazy tie. I hope not, but it's possible. And uh, if it does, it looks like, let's say Mason gets second and Jared gets a TQ and a win. Uh, Mason would have the better throw out by, mm. by one point. Okay. Um, Ashton Abdul is almost 10 points back in third. But still, yeah. getting, getting third the, with these guys would be pretty cool. He's got three yeah, points. But anything can happen, though. No, that's true. You just take a, him having an extremely good day and one of them having a pretty bad day, like just breaking out. I mean, yeah. That would make up that difference. Yep. Greg Bommel with his third place. It looks like it scoots him up to fourth. Graham Hill wasn't, was not there. He's at the challenge being a pit guy for, uh, for Jared Tebow. So, um, yeah, he drops, that's a good reason not to be there. Yeah. He drops to fifth. Chris Morant's win, uh, looks like moves him up a bunch to sixth. Jeremy Whiting, seventh, Bradley Peterson, eighth, Mitchell Pavel, ninth, and Zach Van Dalen right now sitting 10th, just in front of last year's sportsman champ, Jake Stoltzing. And then sportsman nitro buggy. You got Luke Baker. Uh, he's got a four-point lead over Philip Hoke. Um, Luke's got a 92, and Philip's got a no-show, got a big fat goose egg. So right now the throwout would go to Luke. John Davies pretty far back there in third. Parker Clemmy fourth. Josh Shout fifth. Tim Crystal um, sixth. Jake Wilkening seventh. And then Scott Schroff is eighth. Brad Horse is ninth. And Steve Johnson is tenth. Pretty cool. Okay. Let's do a pivot break. And then we'll uh, we'll get to our questions. Uh, there's a few questions on the chat, so uh, and I think we're I think we're actually doing pretty good on time. So okay, we'll see if my sister knows how to do this because Richard's not here. Richard, 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 what were you doing? And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a pivot lending update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. This is David Olson with Pivot Lending Group, and just want to give you a quick update on interest rates. They definitely are, are starting to trend up. Uh, in the last week, we've watched the 30-year and 15-year conventional loans go up by about a quarter of a percent. And uh, based on where the market ends up here in the next few weeks, so trending towards uh, the middle of first quarter could set the tone for the rest of the year. So right now we're getting strong lock advisories from our, um, our hedge company. So I just want to give you guys an idea that if you're looking to purchase or you're looking to refinance, uh, if you have a home right now that you're under contract on, I would consider locking that rate. Hopefully the, uh, the organization you're working with is locking and making those suggestions to you. Uh, if you're looking to refinance uh, and you haven't completed an application, give us a call. We'd love to help you out. Um, or even if you're not going through us and you're, you know, you, you're just comfortable with your home bank, give them a call. Just make sure that you take advantage of this before the opportunity isn't there for you anymore. 
David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 1799. Uh, to just sit there and watch the races and chat about stuff as it happens. I like that. I think that's pretty cool. Dude, I had a dream this morning as I was sleeping till 5 p.m. about yeah. RC cars and pawn shops. Like that time you pawned your 8 scale? Yeah, but that worked out. Yeah, it did. Yeah. But it helps when you know somebody who owns a pawn shop. Yeah. But I th- so I remember my dream. So I, there's just like these vague images, but basically like um, I remember going into this pawn shop looking for old cars, right? I'm like, hey, do you have any, do you have any old RC cars? And like one, he showed me one and it was not anything worthwhile. Not what I'm looking for. Yeah. But then I looked, he's like, let me go over, take you to the RC section. And then in this RC section is just a bunch of like red cats. Like just. New in the box red cats all over the place. You buy one? And it got me thinking about how many times somebody's come into the store with a car that they've gotten from a pawn shop. Oh. And it yeah. and it doesn't work. There are there the guy at the pawn shop was like, here's our uh new red cat section. We already blew the engines up and stripped the transmissions for you, so <laughs> Save you, save you the hassle of doing that because it's like every single time somebody comes in with like a, I don't know, a China car or whatever, yeah. and like you can't even tell what it is. You have to Google it, and it's like it's like everything's like obliterated, and they gave paid like four hundred dollars for it. Yeah, we got yelled at last week by somebody because they bought a China car, and then they were mad at us because we didn't carry parts for it. That happens so much. Like it happens all the time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just funny to call it a China car. Well, I mean, it's I used to call it Triple C, which was cheap China crap. And then I got, yeah. a long time ago, I got yelled at for that by a customer. And I'm like, yeah, that's I probably shouldn't say that. And so now I just call them China cars. I'm like, yeah, this is a China car. And the response I always get is, well, aren't they all made in China? And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but there's different. This is, this is low quality China it's car. It's different levels of quality control that really make it different, you know? Yeah. Usually stuff you get in Taiwan's pretty good. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. We got to watch. We can't say, well, maybe we can, but uh, uh, we got to watch uh, how we differentiate Taiwan and China on YouTube here. Cause, oh, really? Yeah, because uh, uh, it could piss off, like, our little tiny show that gets, like, 30 viewers how many pe- could, could oh, really okay. upset motherland China thinking that Taiwan's a different country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't be cool. No, that wouldn't be cool. Oh, that brings me up. So, okay, dude. So before we get to questions, I was so excited because um, Saturday night after uh, after the techno racing, I, I I took a shower, I hopped in bed, I flipped on the Disney Plus because I was I wanted to you know I was going to watch Wandavision again, and what comes up? The Muppet Show. Yeah, and I'm like. <gasps> I'm like, Muppet Show! Oh, my God! Yeah. And so I watched the very first episode of The Muppet Show, 
and it brought back, you know, all them, all the member berries. Yeah. And then, uh, remember, remember when Kermit the Frog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Um, so then, uh, I was strolling through all the episodes after I watched the first one and I'm and I saw the Luke Skywalker Star Wars one. I'm like, I am totally going to watch this. And then I saw that they had like Blondie on one time. Right. I'm like, I'm going to watch that mm-hmm. one too. So last night I get on there and I flip on, I go to flip on the Blondie one and up comes a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. There is a disclaimer now. Uh-huh. Uh, and I looked it up on the internet and there's like 18 Muppet shows that have this disclaimer about how, um, it depicts, cultural or people being hurt in some way or picked on and it was wrong then and it's wrong now but we're going to show it anyways yeah, and i've been watching all those and i'm just like what the heck and i watched the whole episode of blondie the blondie episode and i could not for the life of me figure out what could possibly be offensive mm. and and so I, I don't know i mean some of them like the johnny cash episode's got a confederate flag in the background so i guess they kind of have to do that you know but yeah, I mean, it was back in the yeah. sev- back in the late seventies, early eighties. Nobody really cared about it back then. But oh my god, I think people cared, but just nobody like they didn't have a voice. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, well, whatever. But anyways, like like the Blondie one, I have no idea. Honestly, mm-hmm. no. the only thing that I could think of is her her Muppet band. They they had a couple cigarettes. Oh, maybe that was cigarettes. It. Maybe yeah, maybe cigarettes. But I don't know how that could be harmful to people or cultures mm. i don't know anyways what a joke <laughs> yeah i can't wait to watch it's the those muppet episodes. show dude it's the muppet show i love the muppet show i love the muppet show my, my wife went to the jim henson museum thing really i wanted to go but I, it's the muppet show like get over she's it. a pretty big jim henson fan yeah, and uh, i mean so. so am i yeah i i fraggle rock dude that's my jam yeah down and frag rock. Down and frag rock. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one? How about some questions? We've got some questions. Do more people want to know who we are? Uh, no. Um, but I'm pretty sure that guy was legit. He just didn't know who we were. Um, oh, okay. I, I answered his question on the on the chat too. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, what was his question? Who are you guys? Oh, okay. That's a legit. Oh, so, yeah, that's a legitimate question. I mean, yeah, we're not like yeah. you and I both aren't necessarily big names in no. the RC industry in no. any any way, nope. shape, or form. Yeah, never have been. Yeah, probably never will be. As much as I've tried. Yeah, <laughs> but i I didn't know if it. I didn't know if it was like. Um, who do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I my email address is top qualifier, not top finisher. Oh, yeah, I've been, I've been thinking of that a lot. Like, like I've TQ'd a lot of races, haven't really finished on top of in a lot of races. Yeah, so that's why. You, you too, huh? Yeah, me too. Uh, let's see. Uh oh, Peter Renault's got a question for you. He he brought it up on the chat last night, and I honestly I was like, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, dear Will, uh, how full should an associated center diff look using 500K? His looks empty. P.S. Saw your mini truggy win on the, oh, they, on, on Nick, uh, Nick Pavel's channel. 
That's pretty cool. My mini. Oh, your uh, mini. My mini. Yeah, my mini one. Um, but I, th- I think his question is so. This was a good question because I never really thought about this. But do different oils actually weigh differently? I've never weighed them. I don't know. They might. Right. Um, the. Uh, I mean, you got to think of it. I mean, the the thicker oil is probably denser, but I I don't know. Um, the. Uh, I guess as full as you want, because like in the manual, there's that that thing for weight. Yeah. Um, but I I weigh my front and set or my front and rear diffs, but I don't weigh the center. I just kind of pack it full of the 500k. I'm actually running 200k now. Um, I I'm actually going to mix up some 300k. Uh, by mixing two, we have we have 300k uh, at the store. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, we have Mugen, okay. We have I'll Mugen get some of that. Oh, it's Mugen. Yeah. There's there's stuff's usually lighter though. Oh. Like a lighter oil. I don't know. I in at least like from the eight scale stuff when I tried running those fluids at one time. Oh. But, but anyway, um, I try to fill it up to where it's just at the like like the actual teeth on the gears. Yeah. Where it's in the middle of those teeth on the gears, and it's about perfect. That's kind of where I've always um, uh, been taught to fill it up too. I've, I, I like the triple X, the triple X, the twenty two X four also had filling up by weight. And when I got to that section in the manual, I was like, "What? I don't have any scales. How am I supposed to do this?" So I just eyeballed it like I always do. Mm-hmm. It seemed to work fine. Yeah, and I mean, as long as it's the same, like as long as you do it the same every time, I mean, that's probably all that matters right. i mean a, a lot of it is that you don't want to underfill it um more than anything but um i don't know i mean i know like water and gas weigh di- have different weights and you know al- alcohol or methanol weighs different than gas and um you know it makes sense that different weights of shock oil have a different weight but i don't know how much it would be off because even like gas and water and methanol are, are actually very close. But yeah, I would just fill it up to the middle of the teeth on the gears and call it good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely want them past the, uh, past the uh, middle of the cup for sure. Right? Yeah. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a, a new, a new sub yesterday during the, uh, during the um the broadcast the x taz fast x says he's 52 uh, nice and he needs a 50 plus class yeah you do <laughs> uh does anyone know a good setup sheet for the 22x4 uh gt fakey dude uh mine i didn't change a thing from stock setup and my car was freaking dialed so i would just start there like go to the losi yeah. site go to setups click on stock setup sheet and that probably will do you just fine. Yeah. Usually the stock setup for any manufacturer is going to be pretty decent. Yeah. That car was really good out of the box with no changes whatsoever. Hmm. Um, mad thunder drag brake versus no drag brake. What do you prefer to use? You don't use um, any drag brake, do you? I use it a lot. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I actually just turned mine down some. I was running fifteen percent on dirt. Whoa, that's um, a lot. Yeah, I and 
I'm running 9% now, but like on carpet, like that, that thing's jacked. Like I, I don't know, like 20%. Yeah. It's just the way I drive. Um, cause I like to finger break my car anyway. And so it's like, it just kind of like, as I get off the throttle, like it just starts the braking process. But usually with higher grip, I'll probably run less drag brake. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what I've found works best. Um, you know, it's like kind of, it, it just de- depends on what you like and what class you're running. If you're running stock, you want no drag brake no because that motor has so much resistance anyway. Yeah. You know, like the, the good stock motors, it's like you need a cheater bar to, to turn the motor over a notch. But yeah, I was running pretty high. Now I'm probably, I'm still on the high side probably for most people, but yeah, I'm running 9% now and I was running 15, uh, last Saturday, two Saturdays ago. So back, back when I used to run the Novak stuff, uh, when I was sponsored by Novak, um, those last couple of years, um, mm-hmm. I ran a lot of drag brake, but the reason why was because the Novak finger brake honestly wasn't very good. Like mm-hmm. a good finger brake, you don't want your car to spin out. You want to be able to use yeah. it without having your car lock up and spin out. And the old Novak speaking chillers, um, even the pulse, like even, even messing with the brake settings, I could just never get it to not lock up. Even, even I'd even turn it down on the radio and all that other stuff. And so I kind of trained myself to just use the drag brake setting in the, in those B controllers, which actually was very good to where I would let off the throttle and let the car brake itself. And Mm -hmm. that seemed to work really well. I was letting the equipment do the, do a lot of the work for me. When, when Novak went away, and I started using Orion speed controllers and now Hobby Wing. Their finger brakes are very good, and so yeah. I went from using a lot of drag brake in the in the twenty to fifteen percent range, way down to like if I use it at all, it's like five percent now for me. Yeah, because because their finger brakes are that good, especially the new the Hobby Wing stuff now. Oh man, it's money for me. Right, like, it's so yeah. much smoother to you know than than what it used to be. So I, I personally don't use a lot anymore. Um, that being said, when I do race carpet and mod crank that baby up. Yeah. Like my whole thing is you want your car to like push a little bit. So you have to break it. Yeah. So that it sets the nose of the car for the turn. And then when you get on the throttle, it pushes the rear suspension back down into the track. Yeah. And it gives you more grip. Um, so yeah, there you go. It's a, it most often comes down to, uh, uh, driver preference too, as always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, then he said, uh, to makes good on-road, on-road race kits. How come they stop making off-road race kits? And, uh, I don't know. I, their focus is more on, their focus has always been more on the, uh, on the, the model side to the on-road side, not so much the off-road true performance side of things yeah they used to have like didn't they have a truggy yeah yeah they did and they were like they're kind of giving them away there for a while yeah for a while and um because you could get one for like 200 bucks yeah if i remember right they were like really cheap and uh i think that a lot of it has to do is i mean if they did if they did uh off-road too they would be in like every genre of rc yeah Every single one. And that 
requires a lot of infrastructure, a lot of tooling, you know, it's just like, and you know, if they're already, if they're trying to get into an already pretty saturated market, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Because they had that that mid motor buggy, that mm-hmm. was their last two wheel drive car. I saw it. it; had Phillips screws on it. Yeah, it was at the convention. Yeah, um, it was cool, but I mean, it's like, yeah, you could you tell. Know, like by was, then, by then da- we'd already kind of yeah, we'd it, already kind of moved on. I was going to say stuff. it was it was pretty dated. Even even yeah. then, it's just like they took it and made. Oh, everybody wants to make mid motor. Okay, here you go. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the car was still really dated. So yeah, so. uh yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Um, Mad Thunder also wants to know uh, about the Ofna Hobeo Hyper TT10 compared to the other mini truggies. I haven't. I didn't even know. I didn't even know Ofna and Hobeo were still around. Did you? Huh. No. Now I do. Now I do. But uh, I, I would stay away just because I can't imagine where you get parts for it. Yeah, like all that Ofna stuff back in the day. Other than Jammin, because Jammin was part of Ofna, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a, an affiliated brand. Other Hong, than Jammin, Jammin buggies were really good. They were. And that was Jammin J. Halsey's company. And um, But the Ofna stuff, like the Raider on 8 scale, you know, Ofna, um, all that stuff was like, you get three shipping containers of it. Like, one would be the cars, one would be the parts, and the other one would be kits. And... Once that was sold, it was gone forever. Yeah. You know, uh, and it was just the way that some of those companies created cash flow for their racing side of stuff. When, but, uh, when four by four short course was just becoming a thing, I had, I had the, uh, uh Hobeo, what was the number on that? H no S S C T 10 or something like that. Sounds right. It was weird. It was a weird looking vehicle, but it was pretty cool to have for a little while. Yeah, because Jammin even had one too, didn't they? It was the same truck. Yeah, it was the same truck. Yeah, it was literally the same truck, just different name. But I had I had the uh, the Hobeo Ofna one, not the Jammin one. Oh, really? But all the parts, all the parts intersected. It was really cool. Yeah, as as companies go, I think that that was kind of a bummer to see Jammin not make cars anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I just my with. With part support being so important, I, I can't imagine that would be anything you'd be able to find um, no. anywhere. Yeah, because, like, didn't Trinity release cars like that? Yeah. Like, they just have, like... Well, I remember they had that 18-scale car, but then there's, like, Trinity touring cars that were out, and they'd just be gone. Yeah. Like, they'd show, sell the container out and be gone. Um... Can we explain the ESC boost settings? Is it better than adjusting the motor timing? Well, it's two different things, right? Um, yeah. So, like, uh, I almost have to get a manual out to to <laughs> explain that one. Yeah. Like, boost is, like, straight straight away timing, like when you hit full throttle. and But then there's also, like, turbo timing. It just mm-hmm. depends on the brand of the speed control too. And yeah, they have the different names do. for it. Yeah, um, if you're racing stock, you can't do any of that. Right. But um, like my my uh, two wheel buggy and my four wheel, I run them all. At, I run them both at twenty degrees in bell timing, and I never touch it. And I do everything else in the speed control. It just I think it's more consistent yeah. for me. I think mod motors should be set around thirty. Or so. 
Oh, really? The timing. Don't you think? I don't know. I run 20. I've yeah. never, I've always run 20, 20. I guess I never at zero though. So it's weird. Cause some, some motors you get like uh Macklin motors there for a little while when you, when you, and I, I clearly I'm not an engineer. Attention. Hobby puts podcast listeners. This is a friendly reminder that host Alex Sturgeon is not an engineer. Thank you. For a little while there, I was running a couple of Macklin motors at zero timing because they came, oh, out, really? they came out of the box that way. And I didn't even look at it. I just assumed they'd be set where they needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I was, I remember, uh, um, I think it was the Nat since 2016. I had just gotten a brand new like seven, five motor and I put it in my car and I'm like, holy crap, this thing's slow. Why is mm-hmm. this thing so slow? And then I realized that for like two months I had been running it with zero degrees of timing. So when I put it up to like 25 or 30, where I pretty much run all of them now, it looked like woke it up and it was nice and fast. Yeah. So always look at your motor timing uh, when you get a new motor. Cause sometimes they're not set at uh, anything. Maybe I should zero. try turning mine up. I mean, my, my motors just come at 20 degrees. I just never touch them. Oh. For the, the Reedy stuff is always 20. Yeah. At least for mod. If I feel, uh, if, if we got a section on the track that, that I can't quite hit right, I'll mess with the, with the, this, the, the actual mechanical timing of the motor a little bit. Hmm. I've had, I've had my, my seven, five as high as 40 once we had this oh, really? gigantic triple that one, that one time. And I just couldn't make it so i just i went in and i just need a little bit more speed so i I turned the timing up on the motor hmm. i don't know i don't like using the speed controller boost myself because i i always screw it up somehow i feel like if i need to motor up i just motor up yeah mine's a pretty mild tune but i run the mid mid-range tuning rotor in my 7.5 so it's like like there's the stock one that's you know, pretty torquey, and then there's one below it that's even, like, lower in torque. Then there's the one I run, and then there's, like, a higher speed one. And I run the one, like, right here, like, for the the more RPM, less bottom end. Yeah. And, um, like, I've let people drive my car, like, you know, Tom or... Tom thinks my cars are too fast. Like, my two-wheel, he thinks my car's too fast. But then, like, Tebow's driven my car, and um, he didn't really say a lot about it, but he's like, it's just... It, it's just as fast as mine. And then um, uh, Aiden Horn drove my car. He was like, this has a lot of power, but it's like a lot of usable power. Like, it's like your car's faster, but you can actually use it. So I think my settings are probably pretty good. Yeah. We got, actually got quite a few more questions, and we're kind of running long on time, so we might just cut this a little short. So, um, no, that's fine. Let's answer My sister's looking at me like, are you guys done yet? Um. Okay, really quick. How often does Team Associated come out with a two-wheel drive buggy? Do you think it? Do you think a new one's coming? And uh, I personally think they do. They have a new one coming. I bet because they've been out of stock on a lot of stuff, and they're discontinuing a lot of parts all of a sudden. So I do think I do think a new one's on the horizon. Um, I don't know. What is your plan for the track build for the spring race, Zeke Bellinger? I have no idea. I haven't even looked at a drawing yet. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm, I've been so busy these last three weeks. I'm, I, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, why don't you get into racing? Where can I find the different race information? Truggy, e-buggy, two wheel versus four wheel. Um, gosh, there's no real good source for that right now. Um, I haven't, 
I haven't personally made up any flyers or anything that has that that down yet. Yeah, there's those. Uh, what do they want to know? Like class rules and stuff. Yeah, I mean Roar. You can go to Roar. Well, but their rule book is so long that it gets it very easy to get lost. You you made those videos uh, like a year ago. Oh yeah, where yeah, you went right. and found other people's cars and like explained what they have. Yeah, and that's true. Well, and like what you need for each class. Those would be a good one because then you actually see what it looks like. You aren't just reading text. Yeah, no, that's totally yeah. true. Uh, that's true. And they're in, uh, they're either in track videos or I think they're in the, the track video playlist that I have. Yeah. Uh, when is the thousand lap enduro? I don't know. Uh, I was thinking the first weekend in May. So we'll see. The carpet one's coming up. Yeah. That's what I heard. I think we were going to be on a team. Apparently if, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if Jackson's listening. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, with that, we better go though. It's right at 93 minutes on, on the, on the tube here. Woo! So it's <laughs> <laughs> like a Rogan podcast. The problem is, is that we, we only pay for an hour. So we've been, oh, we we've been, we've oh, been going over, we've been going over now for like three months straight. They're like, we're going to need more. Internet. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to need more internet money. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's it. Uh, big thanks to uh, Pivot Lending Group, pivotlending.com. You can find them there and uh, get a hold of Don Zoller or Aiden Olson's dad and uh, get yourself set up with a home loan. So if you're, if you're in the market for a new house or you want to refinance, get a hold of them and uh, they'll get uh, 0.125 off your interest rate or $500 lender credit. And, uh, and then Weberized, Weberized Studios here. If any of you guys out there are interested in doing your own podcast, um, that's what my sister's job is, is to have you guys be awesome. And they can even do it remotely because a lot of it, it's because of us, isn't it? The remote stuff. I mean, they pretty much learned how to do it with our podcast. So, um, yeah, yeah. So so I feel, yes. I feel a you sense could do of, a podcast about drills or, yeah. you know, going 25 miles an hour in a school zone yeah. or whatever. Yep, exactly. All kinds of podcasts you could do. Yeah, exactly. I should do a scooter podcast. Yeah, you should. Absolutely. That'd get so boring so fast. <laughs> Maybe you never know. I'd be, I'd be like, all right. So I advanced the timing two and a half degrees to uh, eliminate the need for more uh, cylinder compression. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like nobody would like him. Um. Okay. Yep. Uh. We better. We better go. Uh. So. Okay. Uh, yep. Thanks, dude. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for hanging in there, even though you didn't do anything this weekend. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we got the crash in next week to talk about. Next week's show should be uh, a very question-filled show because we're we're only going to be talking about the crash in. So yeah, our uh, yeah. So think of a good question and like and subscribe. Give us a review, preferably five stars. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Are you building a car for carpet or what? Nope. No, nah, me neither. Okay. I think I'm selling both my cars. Why are you selling your two wheel? So I can get a new one. Oh. It's about that time. Anyways, we better go. All right, okay, bye. Bye.